Hello, all you cinephiles, cinefreaks, and cinemaniacs. Welcome to another episode of Cinema Smackdown. My name is Greg. And I'm Tyler. And we are obsessed with movies. That's right. We're so obsessed that we made our own podcast. So we take two similar movies and we pit them against each other in a fight for ultimate ultimate glory. Two films enter and two films leave. But in the meantime, we'll desperately try to answer the question, which one's better? And today we have the Battle of World War II. Both films set in this war and both made in 1998. It's the European Front versus the South Pacific Front. Gritty realism versus poetic existentialism. Steven Spielberg versus Terrence Malick. That's right. It's Saving Private Ryan versus the Thin Red Line. Let's uh let's talk about everybody's favorite lighthearted subject. Man, these movies War. Are, just make me so happy inside. Yeah. Every time I watch them, I'm just like, oh, this is amazing. All right, let's hear a little bit about this. Uh so the synopsis of Saving Private Ryan is following the Normandy landings, a group of US soldiers go behind enemy lines to retrieve a paratrooper whose brothers have been killed in action. Wow. Some facts about this that you may never know or have not known. I probably don't know. You probably don't. We did a, a podcast episode, if you listened last week, it was Psycho versus Vertigo. And one of the classic, things... It was just a classic cinema smackdown episode. Classic cinema smacky down. Must listen to podcast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Steven Spielberg actually requested that no one gain access to the theater after the film had started, which is exactly what... Alfred Hitchcock did in Psycho. Psycho, yeah. Uh, and we know that Steven Spielberg is a huge cinephile, cinemaniac, uh, cinefreak. <laughs> cinefreak. Uh, and cinefucker. Cine- cinefucker. <laughs> he, he loves to fuck cinnas. He's a Cinnabon. <laughs> He's a roll. That is enough. Okay. He... <laughs> He, um, you know, loves to take uh, things from other movies. Obviously, you see it a lot in Saving Private Ryan that he takes from 50s and 60s war movies. He's a huge Hitchcock fan. Uh, last really quick fact, 40 barrels of fake blood were utilized in that opening battle scene. Barrels. We're not talking wow. gallons. We're not talking liters. We're talking barrels. I mean, like kegs, man. Yeah. It just shows how violent and gritty they wanted to make that opening scene. And a lot of war veterans said that's exactly how it was. Yeah, this movie, the most gritty, realistic depiction of war ever put on screen. Yeah, it kind of changed war movies after this, too. And I know this because I have fought in every American war. All of them. Yeah. I'm Civil War. I'm Wolverine. You're Wolverine? I'm not supposed to tell you that. Well, I'm I'm going to take <laughs> off my glasses. I'm Cyclops. <laughs> what? <laughs> So let's shift gears a little bit now to a movie that came out six months after Saving Private Ryan. <laughs> it can't be similar in any aspect. The Thin Red Line. 
This movie is a very loose adaptation of James Jones's novel of the same title, and this movie explores the nature of humanity while opposing military forces fight the Battle of Guadalcanal. Like I said, very loose adaptation. That's Terrence Malick for you. Yeah, yeah. In fact, let's talk about how fun it is to work with <laughs> Terrence Malick. Before we talk about what's in this movie, let's talk about what's not in this movie, or more specifically, who is not in this movie. Okay. I mean, this cast is incredible. It is incredible. It could have been even more incredible because there are a lot of people, big names, who filmed scenes that were completely cut from the movie. So I'm talking about Mickey Rourke. What? Apparently Mickey Rourke had a huge role in the movie and he's quoted as saying, it's the best work he's ever done as an actor. Oh, And God. he's completely cut out of the movie. He was not happy about it. That sucks, uh, man. Bill Pullman had a small part. He was cut out. Independence Day president? Yeah, he, I think he probably gave the exact same speech from Independence Day. It was the exact yeah. same speech. Uh, this one's interesting. Billy Bob Thornton recorded hours of voiceover narration for this movie that was completely scrapped. Okay. John C. Riley, who is in this movie, but not a lot. No. He had a he much a he had, scene. Yeah. I think. He had a much larger role that was significantly reduced. The saddest example of an actor's role being cut is Adrian Brody, who is again in this movie, but in the book, his character Corporal Fife is the main character in the book. He was the main character in the screenplay. He didn't know that he was basically reduced to a glorified extra until he saw the premiere. He was already doing I press. I would be pissed. He, this he, was pre-pianist. Before he was the pianist. Uh, yeah, before he was that dirty, filthy pianist. Uh, <laughs> but the most surprising example is Tom Sizemore, who is the second lead in Saving Private Ryan. Oh, he, Tommy Sizemore. He was originally cast in The Thin Red Line. He broke his contract to do Saving Private Ryan, which completely pissed off Terrence Malick. But fuck that, because like he could have been cut out of the movie completely too. I do agree, but fuck that. Uh, <laughs> but... <laughs> Yeah, so that is the Thin Red Line. Let's get into which one we think is better, Saving Private Ryan or Thin Red Line. Two very different movies. I have always been like, Saving Private Ryan is the best war movie ever made. Yeah. I don't think the Thin Red Line is necessarily a war movie. I kind of agree. Both movies are in a war and about greater themes of war, but I think Saving Private Ryan examines the nature of war and... Thin Red Line examines the nature of humanity. It kind of zooms out even further, not just war, but how war intersects with man within nature. I think you take Thin Red Line and you're using that canvas of war and then you're painting all these different yeah. pictures of different philosophical ideas. Whereas Saving Private Ryan is very much just a memorial it's yeah. it's to to memorialize the fallen heroes and it does seem a little bit more patriotic oh it, um, it is it's like the opening and closing shot of this movie is a waving american flag <laughs> yeah. and it is very hard it's almost designed to be criticism proof because to mm. criticize this movie can almost feel disrespectful to veterans and to fallen soldiers because yeah. this movie like you said is basically a giant memorial to soldiers and veterans. That's why it's always airing on TV on Veterans Day and yep. Memorial Day. Yep. And it is deeply respectful of... He made it for his father. Yes, absolutely. Who was a vet. Both of these movies are 
a very true reflection of the man who made them. You know, Steven Spielberg yeah. is a very patriotic American. He absolutely hates Nazis. That's a running theme in so many of his movies. So many movies. And and he is also a man of great faith. There are moments where, like, you know, Barry Pepper's character, he prays before he takes the shot, and then he makes the shot. You can tell that Steven Spielberg really feels deeply for certain movies. I think that, you know, Schindler's List is one of them. Yeah. This is one of them. Deeply personal. Yeah, stuff. these are these are personal movies for him. And yeah. and you can see that heart in Saving Private Ryan. Just the attention to detail that he puts in staging, in oh, in yeah. the attacks. Like he wants you to feel what these veterans have felt. And I think that that's so incredible that like, you know, you have veterans that watch this movie and they were like, that's it. That's what it was like. I can finally talk about it. That's why I think this movie was so huge and so popular and still is to this day because, A, it came out at a time when there were a lot more surviving World War II veterans yeah. and they were getting older and they were dying. So this was kind of like the last chance as a society to let's talk maybe with grandpa about what he did in the war. And and I'm sure and that happened a lot. I'm sure and, that grandparents, you know, yeah. they were like, because I'm seeing this, I'm ready to talk about it. Yeah. I mean, even in the movie – Old Matt Damon in the beginning and end of the movie obviously hasn't talked about it with his family or his wife because when he's looking at Tom Hanks's grave, his wife comes up and says, who was that man? I mean, you know, neither of us have served. We can't talk about how they actually feel, but we've heard stories about it and how they don't want to talk about it. Yeah, and we're also seeing examples of PTSD in real time. Yeah, Tom Hanks' Tom character Hanks's, has shell shock. His, yeah, his shaky hand, which, you know, this character is trying to stay composed for his men the whole time. He is on the surface. He seems like he is composed, but... yeah. It, it's there. I mean, in his hand, he cannot hold it together. This is a, a tricky episode for us to talk about, especially with me taking the side of being a little bit critical of Saving Private Ryan. I'm, I'm walking in dangerous territory here because I don't want to come off as disrespectful, and I think that this movie is the best memorial to our veterans. I don't think you're soldiers. coming off as disrespectful. I, having a little bit more of a jaded, cynical view of America in recent years it is hard for me a little bit to get behind some of the patriotism in Saving Private Ryan, even though it is about defeating our greatest enemy, the Nazis, and it's the last justified war exactly, that we fought yeah. in. It still feels just a little Jangoistic to me. It is. It is there. It's it's definitely I mean, you can't make this movie and not have the patriotism in it. Yeah. I think Thin Red Line is vague enough that the patriotism is not at the forefront of your mind. Yeah. I, I don't think that the Thin Red Line is anti-war. I think that Thin Red Line is not as expressly anti-war as Apocalypse Now or even Platoon, but it is more anti-war than Saving Private Ryan. Sure. And I, I want to just piggyback on what you said earlier about the two men and how they essentially make this different. Steven Spielberg, very into his religion at this point. Terrence Malick, a devout Catholic, very, very Catholic. At this point, when the movie was made struggling with his religion mm -hmm. so you can definitely see those two aspects yeah. in the movie i think it has an agnostic point of view in that it is just always questioning always just putting that big question mark up there saying is there a god why are we here what is this all for you know all the main questions uh, it has religious themes but it is more about the question mark of religion than the answer of religion in hinduism the religion buddhism the the belief Everything around us is part of us. 
So I think that that movie, you have all these shots of nature, shots of animals, yeah, all this stuff that's going around and, and you see bombs blowing up and people dying and everything is one, everything is together, yeah. everything is the same. That's um, a good point, actually. I think that Thin Red Line is religious, it's just not as Judeo-Christian religious. Correct. It might lean more into Buddhism and Hinduism. Correct. Or Taoism, even. Yeah, I definitely get that feeling. Yeah, watching this movie that like everything is one, everything is connected. Yeah, and through the chaos and through the peace, it's all connected. You have the peace of these animals. You have the chaos of the war. Everything is together. I wonder if Terrence Malick was even aware that he was dabbling in Buddhism within this movie. I think the movie's so vague that you can take that out of the movie, and someone else may have a different idea and that's why i love it like the fact that a movie can be so open to interpretation that 10 different people can see the same movie and have 10 different takes from yeah. it. that to me is great art yeah when i was 18 when i first saw this movie mm-hmm. uh, when i was able to serve yeah. uh, in this movie when you served as an audience member as an audience member of this movie i've always been an advocate for people that didn't really care for war movies to watch it because I thought it still was a war movie, but it had more to say. Yeah. Saving Private Ryan, it is essentially one theme or two themes. Yeah. Thin Red Line has 10s, 20s. I think it's also due to the way Terrence Malick makes movies. The fact that, you know, he didn't really know what he wants to say, what he's trying to say, or what the movie's going to look like until he's there filming. Which is a little bit frustrating. Oh, notoriously, it is very hard to work with Terrence I mean, we're, we're both actors. Yeah. I can't imagine having an entire role cut out of yeah. a film. That would be very frustrating. And then to take the other side, where Spielberg is, is very intricate with his staging of people, and yeah. it almost, like, every single scene looks like a work of art if you look at it. Um, yeah, let's talk a little bit about that opening sequence of Saving Private Ryan, which is by far the most famous part of Saving Private Ryan. And probably the most impressive thing I've yeah. ever seen in a war it's, movie. It's the one thing, like, I, I've seen Saving Private Ryan a handful of times, but it is pretty much the only thing I remembered from the movie was, was the DDC. Of people. Where Steven Spielberg deserves props over Terrence Malick is just pure achievements in filmmaking. Everything he does in that opening sequence... From slowing down the frame rate to make it look more like old footage of war, the way the sound cuts in and out, which has been parodied to death now when the ears are ringing. That opening sequence is just such an achievement in filmmaking. The, The staging of that entire sequence is so impressive that there's like a little scene every second to show you like this person, how he's getting killed, this person. It's so detailed. And what I noticed watching it this time around is you would think in that scene, because it's so action-packed and so disorienting, that there'd be a lot of quick cuts. No. But there's not. He stays on Throughout the whole movie. On one shot for like 12 seconds, which doesn't sound long, but especially for an action-packed moment, that is a long time to keep the camera on something or someone. And it, he allows you to feel disoriented while still keeping track of the action. I think that scene, I think the end scene is also equally impressive. Yeah. I, I think the technicality may have it beat in that the effort that went into making those scenes, it's incredible. Oh, the technicality is definitely better. Never seen anything like I, that. I think that on a technical level and even broader than that, Saving Private Ryan is the perfect war film. Yeah. I just think Thin Red Line is a better film. This is really hard for me. Yeah. I 
I mean, are we talking about the best war movie here? Well, I guess what we always ask... Because Apocalypse what Now. We, what <laughs> we ask at the beginning of each of these episodes is which one is better? Which is the better movie? So yes, today's episode is about war movies, but the question we're really asking is which movie is better? I would say because of the difficulty of staging, filming a movie so epic like Saving Private Ryan, where everything was precise... It wasn't six hours of footage that you cut down like a reality TV show would do mm-hmm. uh, to make some sort of coherent movie. Oh, ouch. You're comparing Terrence Malick to a reality show director? I think if that's how you're going to edit, then sure, yeah. It, it does feel like a, a reality TV show mentality. I'll allow it. I have six hours of footage. I'm going to cut it down to make it seem coherent. Sustained. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Your Honor. <laughs> no, but that does, that does make sense. I mean, I think... It's a little harsh to just throw the words reality television and Terrence Malick into the same sentence, but... The, the editing process is exactly the same. But yeah, I mean, the first cut of, of his movie took eight months to edit and was a six-hour-long movie. I, I honestly, by like maybe a point, I would say the Electoral College goes for... Oh, God. Saving Private Ryan. <laughs> we can't even abolish it in our discussion. You need to bring that into this? <laughs> um... Yeah, yeah, I you know just because of the technical aspects of this movie, the acting in this movie, you're getting to see a little bit more of each character and and their thought process. Even Matt Damon, who comes in 30 minutes before the end of the movie, we get an idea with his story about his brothers, which was a made up story by Matt Damon. Uh, you know that kind of tells you exactly who that character is. And Wait, I, Matt Damon improvised? He that? made it up. Yeah. Really? That yeah. that scene where he's telling the story? Yeah, it was a ma- it was a made up. It wasn't actually funny to anyone, but he said that's why it worked. Good for yeah. Matt Damon because I really, a I loved his performance in that moment. But it makes sense now that that's why the acting looks so seamless is because he's not really acting. Basically, that character really thought that story was funny, and that's what sold the story. And Spielberg said, "Leave it in." Wow. But yeah. I'm going to go with Thin Red Line just because I like what it has to say more than what Saving Private Ryan has to say. And I think I'm going to go Saving Private Ryan. Because of the achievement in filmmaking or because of what it has to say or both? I think it says enough, but the filmmaking aspect of it uh, puts it above and beyond. Okay. I I, I think that there's more to say in Thin Red Line. I love that movie. I think it's a great movie. It really bugs me that it was basically a movie made in the editing room. So you think that it could have come together more cleanly? Oh, definitely. I would love to see the director's cut. I would love to see the six hour. I mean, oh no, maybe on like like a mini series. The movie's already way too long. But I would love to see those other people's stories, those other people's point of view, because I think that it's it feels a little bit not done. I think so many war movies, they point to an achievement in filmmaking. 1917 is a perfect example. Yeah. What an achievement in filmmaking. Not much of a plot. However, I don't know if it has much to say beyond war is hell. I think so many war movies are about brotherhood and war is hell, which Saving Private Ryan also fits into that category. But it also redefined it this was the first movie that really showed brotherhood in a gritty aspect yeah before 1917 before dunkirk all these movies the depiction is original but the themes motifs and ideas i don't think are okay i've been wishy-washy on a lot of these episodes but i'm going to be very strong about this one i 100 percent 
like Thin Red Line more than Saving Private Ryan. Do you think that also has to do with you've never seen Thin Red Line and your expectation of a war movie had never been something like that? Could be, could be. And I did go in thinking it would be more of a conventional war film and it was very unconventional. But, you know, both of these movies aren't a a movie I'm yearning to see again quickly. Like if there was no such thing as war movies, that would be a disservice to filmmaking and to the remembrance of soldiers. However, it's just not something that I am yearning to see very much. You would say that uh, you would not see this again. <laughs> funny, funny, funny. <laughs> All right, so we, we both have uh, opinions on these movies and which one is better. I have Greg, a strong opinion. Yes. You are on the fence. I, I very much, there. it's razor thin for the two You have of them. to decide right now. Gun to your head. And it's and it's a it's a German Luger. Ah, oh, God, no! What are you gonna decide? Three, two, one. Saving Private Ryan. I knew it. Yeah, I'm yeah. sorry. I'm weak. Oh no, I don't. No, there's no <laughs> weakness in that. I don't fault you. It's a fantastic movie. Just not my kind of movie. But we'd love to hear your opinions. Instagram or tweet us at Cinema Smackdown Pod and tell us what you think about these two movies. Next yeah. time we're gonna be talking about Marshall movies. Penny. Marshall. Oh, I thought movies. you meant like martial law. No. <laughs> I got you there. I guess I'm still thinking militaristically. Nope. We're done with the military. <laughs> We're getting God. into the good old heartfelt family movie. The Battle of Penny Marshall. It's the Battle of Big versus A League of Their Own. Ooh. Finally, some female representation here. Boom. You know, we got the, it in the there. one thing I couldn't wait to talk about in this episode was all the strong female characters in both of these movies. Oh, there's so many. I mean, you have the mother who doesn't talk in Saving Private Ryan. What a great role. You have the wife who barely talks in Saving Private Ryan. Oh, man, the best. She should have gotten an Oscar. And the secretary who almost talks in Saving Private Ryan. She could have been better. (laughs) But yeah, this will be good. I'm I'm excited to have back-to-back Tom Hanks. Oh my god, yeah, it's we're, we're, so many Tom Hanks We're going movies. from Tom Hanks and Saving Private Ryan to Big and League of Their Own that he's in. And this is going to be really hard for me because I haven't seen both of these movies in a very long time, and uh, I'm pretty indifferent to both of them. Well, this is very exciting. I am excited to talk Penny Marshall. How excited are you? On a scale of 1 to 10, 69. Hey! All right! 69, dude! <laughs> Till next time, I'm Tyler. I'm Greg. Bye. Bye.
Mr. Chairman. 